Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Turning our attention to the scriptures, shall we turn to Psalm 137? I'm going to read from 1 to 4. Psalm 137. Verses 1 to 4. That's what I'm going to read. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Eh, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there, those who carried us away captive asked us of a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We give you glory and honor for it belongs to you alone. We thank you for your goodness and your tender mercies. As we look into your word, we pray that you will speak into our lives. Release grace and anointing that will make the proclamation of your word effective. To Jesus be the glory. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name and we give victory to Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Focusing on verse 4. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Songs in strange land or sing in a strange land. This is a psalm of lament, song of the exiles going through an emotional roller coaster. On one end, the memories, the good old days. And on the other, the other end, the way that they have found themselves in a strange land. Going through various emotions, they have come to the conclusion and they ask themselves, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land. The Lord's song in a strange land. The Lord's songs are unique songs. The Lord's songs are powerful songs. The Lord's songs exalt him. The Lord's songs liberate us. The Lord's songs lifts the sagging, sighing spirits. Praise the Lord. But the singers find themselves in a place where they ask the question, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? What is the strange land? Where is the strange land? How do you get into the strange land? 
as far as this people are concerned, a little background. Once their forefathers were slaves, God created, built a bridge from slave land to the promised land. Praise the Lord. Impossible became possible. God stood behind his word, behind his promise, and made the impossible possible. Anybody listening to me? Listen to this. God will stand by his word. Praise the Lord. God stands by his word to make sure what he has pronounced, what he has promised becomes a reality. Praise God. God's word are backed by the word of God, by the presence of God, by the power of God. Praise God. So God created a bridge. I want to call it the promise bridge that spanned from slave land to promised land. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's promises to you and me. Praise God. God will create a bridge over any and every hurdles that you pass, that stands before you to make sure that you enter the promised land. Praise God. They possess the promised land. Once they possess the promised land, something happened. They became very prosperous. Praise God. They became very prosperous. Something happened there. When you become prosperous, prosperity has a tendency to take away from us our acute dependency on God. Prosperity is good. I love being prosperous. The Bible promotes prosperity. But prosperity also has the tendency to take our acute dependency from God. Praise God. As we enjoy the goods, the gadgets, and the gizmos that we have. Do not let them take our dependency from God. Praise God. When that happened, you know what happened? That which was sacred became profane. That which was repulsive become accepted. That which was approved and endorsed by God was ignored. 
that which was restricted and what God's word said no became acceptable. Knowingly or unknowingly, they were in the promised land, yet they were on their way to the strange land. Knowingly or unknowingly, another bridge was being created from the promised land to the strange land. Listen, if that which is sacred is becoming profane, if you're allowing the replacement of that which is holy by unholy things, knowingly or unknowingly, you are on your way to the strange land. Captive land. The first bridge was created by God. Knowing these guys can never enter promised land without divine intervention. So God stood by his word. And by his outstretched hands, he moved them. As the writer of the scripture says, he carried them on the wings of eagle. The second bridge, layer by layer, brick by brick, stone by stone, was built by the people themselves, but permitted by God. Their actions built the bridge, God allowed it because, you know when you read the scripture, when you resist God's word, when you resist the Holy Spirit, when you again and again rebel against God's word, God would allow the trip to the strange land. The word of God comes to us again and again so that our lives are cleansed, that we are tried and we are prepared and we are presented to be holy men and women of God. But when we resist again and again, when we hear the word of God, there is a process that God would send us through. What could not be achieved in the promised land? He sent them to the strange land, to the captive land, to be tried. Praise God. Work on them. 
and bring back a remnant that will listen to him. Looking into ourselves, we should be able to say, Am I rooted in the promised land? Or am I on the way to the strange land? Only you can give that answer. Praise God. When they were in the promised land, as they entered and as they enjoyed everything, they had the sense of that feeling arrived. That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. Let that feeling grow and let that feeling take you to a place of being deep-rooted in everything that God wants us to be. But when we start wandering away, beware, strange land awaits. Praise God. So from the slave land to the promised land, from the promised land to the strange land. Praise the Lord. You know, the transition. Look at the transition. In the promised land, they were their own masters. But they became now, in the strange land, they became slaves. In the promised land, they were victors. In the strange land, they became victims. In the promised land, they were their homeowners. In the strange land, they became homeless. In the promised land, they had their own temple and worship. In the strange land, only pagan temples. In the promised land, they were happy. In the strange land, they were sad. In the promised land, they were making music to the Lord. In the strange land, they took their harps and hanged it on the weeping willow. Praise God. Mocked by their captors. Mocked. Broken by their current environment. Disillusioned and derailed by their troubles. Now they are sitting in the Babylon by the river banks. As they sat there. They that took them captives saw and required them of a song. Sing us one of the songs of Zion, they said. Praise God. They looked at them 
and they recognized there's something special about these boys and girls. Praise God. They are from Zion. Zion is the city of God. It's the city of the king. Praise God. And they look at them and they see the instruments and they say, sing us. One of the songs of Zion. This guy says, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Can you relate to any of these things? Praise God. Don't we go through seasons in our lives when there is no song, no marrying, no mirth? Don't we have people, haven't we? Or don't we know of people who hang their harps on the willow tree? Remember the days of conversion? Remember the days of joy and exuberance and excitement about coming into the house of God, worshiping him, jumping up and down in excitement, screaming at the, from the bottom of your heart to the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Oh, what a worship when everybody broke into praise, spontaneous praise unto the Lord. Be without anyone anchoring anyone praise God when we came and we shouted unto the Lord all oh, the good old days praise God well something happened something happened that changed the mood the environment the climate there was a shift I don't know what caused the shift. Praise God. Things became hard. Things became tough. For some, the pressures were building from the inside. For some, it was the pressures from the outside. The focus shifted from Jesus to the surroundings. Jesus was the center of attention. He was the center of attraction. He was the object of worship. He was the center and the circumference. Things started shifting. The focus shifted. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Love and loyalty waned away. Songs and music faded away. Commitment and devotion became power words of the past. Praise God. Came to a place where people say we don't want to sing the Lord's song in a strange land. How could this happen? Praise God. How could that happen? It can happen to anyone, anytime. Of course, they put their harp on the willow tree and say, we can't sing the Lord's song anymore. Why? How come? Well, I'll give you a couple of reasons. One, they were living in the past, meaning they thought 
they confine their worship, their adoration, their praise to the place or to their settings. Listen to me. Strange land is any place where you feel you're out of place. Strange land is any place that you feel you're out of place. Where you feel uncomfortable. You feel that you are out of your comfort zone. These guys were out of place. They were out of the comfort zone. They were in unfamiliar place. Praise God. The Lord's song is not confined to any settings. In any season, in every season, in any place, in every place, you and I ought to sing the Lord's song. That I will preach next week. First, we're going to debate. We're going to stay here. And we're going to say a few things I need to remind. Praise God. The Lord's song, they were living in the, in the past. They could not connect the past and the present. Meaning, they felt that the Lord's song was only to be sung in that setting. They did not want to sing the Lord's song here. Praise God. <laughs> they could not bring their past experience with the Lord to this particular place. I said, we're not going to sing the Lord's song in a strange land. This is a strange land. The songs are sacred songs. Sacred songs we are not going to sing in the strange land. Praise God. We live in a society that's constantly moving. Listen to me. Our highways, our byways, our railways, our airwaves are clogged with momentum. People are constantly moving. Whether it's a voluntary move or involuntary move. In every season, in every place, we ought to be in a place where our allegiance and loyalty to God cannot change. In the vast sea of humanity, when people are plucked away from their comfort zone, from their familiar place, and put in another place, will their loyalty to God change? If you are taken away from your familiar place, and you are put in a place where no one knows you. Away in the dorm... Away in college. Away from the scrutiny of people who watch over you. Will you still retain your allegiance to Jesus? Praise God. Would you? That is something that you need to answer to yourself. Praise God. Or would you feel tempted? Nobody knows me. 
nobody sees me, I am undetected, and therefore I can indulge. Why couldn't they sing? Why would they put their harp on the willow? Well, they couldn't have their own way. What was their own way? They were used to singing the song, the Lord's song, in their own choice setting. Listen. If you are asked to sing on the highway, on the subway station, in Times Square, in Penn Station, in Grand Central, can you yank your harp, your guitar, your keyboard? your accordion and start singing to the Lord? If you're asked to talk about Jesus on the subway, would you have the audacity or the guts to open up and say, Jesus loves you? In your workplace, where you're surrounded by people who don't value Christian values, people who use profanity, people who use Jesus not as the Savior, but as a curse word. Can you take a stand there? That would be singing the Lord's song in a strange land. Praise God. They would prefer to perform in the temple rather than sing the Lord's song by the rivers of Babylon. Praise God. They couldn't have their way, so what did they do? They quit. They threw in the harp on the willow tree and saying, we quit. We don't want to sing anymore. Songs in the temple is okay. Songs in the riverbank, no. Spiritual exercises and spiritual discipline cannot be just confined to the familiar setting. Even when you are in an unfamiliar setting, praise God. Spiritual exercise and spiritual discipline ought to be so ingrained in our lives that we break into praise regardless of where you are. Can you bow down in a crowded restaurant and say grace over your food? Or would you be intimidated by the bulky figure that's sitting across your table? Or the mean looking guy, guy or girl that's sitting across the table? You don't even know them and they don't even know you. They don't even care about you. They're not even looking at you. But if you can bow down and say thank you to Jesus for the food on the table, you can sing the Lord's song in a strange land. 
On the contrary, can you, you don't have to be a menace. Can you say, thank you, Jesus? Because you're going to look and say, crazy guy. Praise the Lord. The Israelites, they could not sing the Lord's song in a strange land. You know why? Praise the Lord. See, when you live in the promised land, the worldly life, Babylon is synonyms. The Babylon is a word that's used in the scripture to show worldliness. The world, it represents the world. So living in the promised land, yet living a worldly life is like living in Babylon in the promised land. We could be living in the promised land. We could be living the church life, yet have Babylon in us. That's like the ship that's floating out in the ocean. The ship in the ocean is an ideal thing. That's how it's supposed to be. But if the water seeps into the ship, that's danger. So living in this world, we as, we as children of God will live in this world. But can't allow the world to seep into our lives. If that happens, Babylon has entered into our life. And mind you, if we entertain that lifestyle, God would allow us to Taste that real lifestyle actually in Babylon. Do you have doubts about it? Read Romans 1 and 2. That will strike a chord of terror within us. The Bible says, and God gave them up. Gave them up for a depraved kind of lifestyle. That's scary. That is scary. We don't want that to happen to anyone. In almost every congregation, there are those who are idle. They have put their harps of Christian service upon the willow tree. Yeah. Mind you, we all have a harp. Every one of us have a harp. Harp of Christian service. Every one of us have it. It comes in different shapes and different size and different methods and different makes. It looks different in every one of our hands. But mind you, you have your harp that is given by God into your hand. A harp with your name written on it. The harp on my hand might not look like the harp on your hand. The harp that I carry might not be the harp that you are carrying. But every one of us have been given a harp. The question is, what are you doing with your harp of Christian service to the Lord? Are you actively using it or have you put it up? 
on the willow tree. It could be the literal instruments that we use. Or the grace of teaching, preaching, administering helps. The aprons of helps. It could be any one of these things. What are we doing with it? It's easy to call it quits. And that's what they did. They took the easy way out. When the pressure built, they took the easy way out. Which is what? Put the harps on the willow tree and said, we're not going to sing the Lord's song in a strange land. Are you taking the easy way out? Two Wednesdays ago on a Wednesday night meeting, I reminded the church that those who want to live godly will suffer persecution. So you could be on the strange land because of your making or you could be in a strange land because of your stand that you have taken, which we'll talk about next week. Listen. When the pressures build, do we call it quits? The easy thing to do is call it quits. Does that describe us? We need to ask ourselves. It's not hard to play in the temple when everything is fine and dandy. But it is hard to string a harp in Babylon. Hard to sing the Lord's song in Babylon. Praise the Lord. So when the going gets got tough, the captives, what do they do? They quit. But remember, the quitter never wins, and the winner never quits. Praise the Lord. In the Bible language, the writer of Hebrews puts it like this. We are not of those who shrink back. You should look at yourself and say, we are not of those who shrink back. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, we are not of those who shrink back. Tell. In other words, you are telling that we are not of those who quit. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, it's not easy to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. It's not easy. It's not easy to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. But we have made it so easy to become a nominal Christian. Listen. It's very hard to become an authentic follower of Jesus. The disciple says, these are hard saying, who's going to do this? Who can do it? Jesus said, you want to leave? You can also leave. He said, and basically what he was saying is, I'm not going to lower the standard. But we have lowered the standard. And made it easy for everyone to become a nominal Christian. Why? Because we are more into statistics than the reality. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have we lowered our standards. 
to raise the statistics? Hard question that we all have to face and have to answer. So they threw their harp on the willow tree and they said, we're not going to sing this Lord's song in a strange land. So what do we need to do? Well, we need to start first by bringing the harp down from the willow tree. Praise the Lord. What does that mean? How do you do that? How do you bring the harp of Christian service that you have put up on the weeping willow? The Bible doesn't say weeping willow. I use the term weeping willow to show that picture, that image. Number one, acknowledge and identify the harp that God has given you. Acknowledge that you have put it away. That it is collecting dust on the rack. That it is unused and it's away up on the shelf. The last time you looked at it was months ago. Acknowledge. And identify what is the harp that God has given in your hands. Praise the Lord. Take it down from the willow of apathy. Take it down from the willow of disappointments. Take it down from the willow of depression. Take it down from the willow of discouragement. Take it down from the willow of rage. Take it down from the willow of unfair treatment. Take it down from the willow of victimized feeling. Unfair treatment. Take it down. And then give it into the master tuner's hand to tune it for you. If the strings are broken, you tell him, master, the strings are broken. He will fix you. If the strings are loose, he will tighten you. If it's out of tune, he will tune it for you. If it has a dent on it, he will work on it and he will fix it. Praise the Lord. Get it in tuning. Get it in tune by asking the master to cleanse it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Allow the master to put his creative finger on your heart. Praise God. If he puts his creative finger, his power-driven finger upon your harp, regardless of what it is, regardless of how long it has been, un- it has been used. Amen. He can revive you and the harp that he has given it. Praise God. Remember, as a child of God, you have a harp from God. Praise the Lord. Get it down from the willow tree. Allow him to put his hand on it and fix it. And plug back into the service of God. Praise the Lord. Next time someone passes 
whether they are taunting you or mocking you by saying, can you sing the Lord's song? Instead of saying, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? You ought to break up and say, how long would you like me to sing? Praise the Lord. By the rivers of Babylon, Avi sat down, Avi wept when we remembered Zion. Remembering good old days is good. It's okay. But don't just make it the thing of the past. Praise God. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus can give you a better experience than yesterday. Praise God. Jesus can give you a lively, robust experience than what you had yesterday. Jesus can give you a better experience in a strange land. Who knows? You can probably bring a change in this strange land. Praise the Lord. The question today is, where are you? Are you in the promised land? Are you on your way to the strange land? Or are you already in the strange land? Have you ever been to the strange land? We all would. Where is your harp of Christian service? Is it hanging on the willow tree, willow of apathy? Or can you picture yourself getting up and reaching it out and trying to get it off the willow tree? Praise the Lord. Are you ready to throw in the towel, call it quits? Don't do it. Don't do it. Praise the Lord. Today can be a day of difference. If love and loyalty has waned away, come to him. He will fill you with his grace and his presence. And you can break out into a song for Jesus. Let's close our eyes for a moment. As the choir sings a song, we linger in the presence of God. Ask yourself, where is your harp? Where is your harp? Where is your harp of Christian service? Ready to throw in the towel? Somebody said something and you're ready to give it up. The one who handed you the harp expects you to use it. Praise God. If you already thrown it up on the willow tree, get it down, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it down. And if it needs a fix, give it to the master saying, it will fix it for you. And next thing we want to see you is harping away. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes.
as we sing, make a commitment to the Lord between you and Jesus.